find the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to exotic whips. Ain't gotta tell me, dog. I know I'm the shit behind the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home at last. Behind the baller. Yo, 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 what's good, everyone? It is your boy, the Wash Lord, a.k.a. the Korean John Cusack. Yes, indeed, I am your host, Ben Baller, and we're doing it a little bit differently. You are listening to the world-famous Behind the Baller podcast, recorded live in Hollywood, California. This show is brought to you by none other than the world-famous, the eight-time podcast producers of the year, the Dust Brothers, that's Jordan Winter and Miles Davis. Yes, that's really his name. With theme song by Illegal Cartel, original music by Lakey, and guys... We got a special, special episode today. We have our first official guest today. We'll get into that in a second. Um, what am I forgetting? Yo, I hear the music. Let's just get into it, man. So, um... When I said that is our first official guest of the year, Jimmy Boy has been on the show, you know, a few times and he is a guest, you know, technically, of course. But as far as like doing new interviews, I've just really been getting back in the swing of things. You know, I have a studio now. We're starting to build it out. We're, we're going to be progressing, you know, every couple of weeks, probably got soundproofing coming in, got cameras. We're getting ready for video, getting ready for the rebrand, getting ready for the launch and all that good stuff. But we got my man Evan Lovett from LA in a minute and he is really a remarkable person especially if you were born and raised in LA if you're a transplant whatever in anything regards to Los Angeles my city he is insane he's coming on very shortly this is going to be probably the shortest intro that I've ever done but um it's an amazing interview and I can't wait for you guys he's gonna come on at least a few more times because the show was amazing um if you did not know I, uh, my Twitter subscriptions or X, I refuse to call it X, but my Twitter subscriptions are kind of messed up right now. And thank God to my boy. Uh, thank God. Shout out to my boy Rishi at X. Uh, he's at Twitter. He's always taking care of me. He's fixing my subscriptions for Twitter. And speaking of subscriptions, my subscriptions are open on Instagram. We're going to start doing some really cool shit. Uh, we did our first movie meetup and we went to Universal City Walk. We went to go see The Equalizer 3. Guys, you know how I feel about the Equalizer series, okay? You know how I feel about Robert McCall. Two C's, two L's. That shit was everything I wanted it to be. Um, I invited 10 subscribers. It was lit. Obviously, I paid for the tickets and all that stuff. Got my snacks and all that. And the movie was, I, I give it a legit 90, 91 out of 100. It, it was everything I needed to be. The subs were cool as hell. We chilled. Um, next thing I want to do is do a Dodger game. And uh, that garage sale is coming up. Uh, I just don't know exactly when. And by the way, guys, I want to talk about this real quick. I have a luxury item celebrity cl uh, closet sale called Priceless on the network app. That's this Friday. Guys, don't miss out. There's stuff that's going to go for a dollar, two dollars. Louis Vuitton, Gucci, Balenciaga, Jordans, Montclair, all brand name, high end shit that I'm getting rid of. Make sure you tune in. I think it's 1 or 2 o'clock, maybe 2 p.m. this Friday, okay? Only on the network app, priceless, all right? So do not forget. But subscribers, uh, if you... A couple things, first of all. If you're not subscribing to this show and you're listening right now, just hit subscribe. It helps a lot. When we rebrand the show, we're still going to keep the subscriptions and all that stuff. But just, just 
hit the subscription button. Now, as far as Instagram subscriptions, there's going to be a lot more access. I will start following back people. I'll start doing all these things. There was a lot going on, you know what I mean? And, and, and you guys know obviously why. But that movie was lit. All the Dave & Buster's, you know, meetups were lit. So, you know, that's what it is. And real quick, summer is officially over, obviously. You know, fall is here. I'm ready for some golf. I'm ready to finally get my new life started. And I've actually, not on the other side yet, but I'm starting to finally move that way. And it feels great. Like real talk. So anyways, guys, I just wanted to get this. Uh, oh, you know what I want to talk about too, since we're speaking of movies? You know, I talked about that Emeryville situation and the fights and all that stuff. I didn't realize all these fights that were going all over the country was because it was $4 movie ticket day. And why am I bringing it up? I, I don't even know. It was just absolutely a shit show everywhere. So it's just crazy. I don't know, man. It's just it's just nuts. Um, but anyways, yeah. We got my man. Actually, you know what? Hold on. Wait a second. I got a little uh I got a little guest here making her actual debut on Behind the Baller is my six-year-old daughter, Kaya Yang. Hi, Kaya. Hi. How are you? Good. Are you tired? No. <laughs> Kaya, what grade are you in? First grade. First grade, yeah. Are you having fun in school? Yes. Do you have lots of friends? Yes. Yeah. Do you think you're, are you popular in your class? Mm. Yeah? Okay, so did you have a good weekend with daddy? Yes. Okay, what do we do? Tell, tell, tell the people, what do we do this weekend? We went to Hawaii. Hawaii? No, this weekend, Kaya, this weekend. What do we do in the last couple of days? Mm. Where do we eat? Dave and Buster's. And then what else? Where else do we eat? Potato corner. Yeah, and do you like potato corner? Yes. And then did you get what? You got some ice cream. Yes. What kind of ice cream did you get? Um. Dippin. Dots. Dippin dots. What flavor was it? Cookies and cream. Oh, and then um. Oh yeah, remember uh, we went to the Grove, right? Yeah. And then you got some candy. What kind of candy did you get? Sour candy, and I got chocolate. Okay. And did you get anything else? Did Daddy get you anything else this weekend? Mm. You don't remember? No. <laughs> okay, Kai. I have a question, okay? So, if you can go with Daddy anywhere in the world, where would you want to go? Mm, to... Anywhere in the world. San Francisco. No, Kaya, we go to San Francisco all the time. If you can Hawaii. go Hawaii, over Tokyo, over Korea. Where would you want to go? Where, where would Japan. you Japan? Japan. Okay, Kaya, what do you want for Christmas? Mm. You don't know what you want for Christmas. I don't know yet. You don't know yet. You don't know what you want for Christmas. What did Daddy get you for your birthday? Necklace. And besides that, what else? A phone. What kind of phone? Pink. What's your favorite movie that we saw this year? Meg 2. Meg 2 was your favorite? Okay. 
So Kaya, is there anything else you want to say before you go? Is there anything you want to say? I love you, Dad. <laughs> That's it? Okay, I love you too, Kaya, okay? Are you excited to go back to school tomorrow? Yes. Okay, good girl, good girl. Okay, we're going to get back to the show. As a better, you demand perfection, and my bookie delivers. NFL, college football, and a brand new cash out system that gives you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and use the funds on another bet or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Join the MyBookie family for an entire season filled with odd boosts, free bets, and super contests. This season has MyBookie, a no-strings-attached cash bonus that lets you deposit and withdraw quick. Use promo code BENBALLER on a deposit of $50 or more, and you can receive up to $200 in cash instantly to your MyBookie account. Bet your deposit amount once, and you're ready to cash out at any time. Again, that's promo code BENBALLER to claim your cash deposit bonus. You could bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with my bookie. What's up, BTB Army? It is your boy, The Wash Lord. And like I said, uh, there hasn't been a guest on here in a long time. I'm not talking about Jimmy Boy. I ain't talking about that fat Vietnamese motherfucker. I'm talking about having somebody really just like completely outside. Um, and the funny thing is, we actually align a lot more than you would think. But at the same time, it's not somebody that's an entrepreneur of jewelry or, you know, a professional basketball, football player, things like that or whatever. And it's not a bottle waitress, it's not this. It's just, it's it's somebody totally different. But I've been excited about this. And I've actually been trying to get him on the show for a year, but I've obviously been weird about guests. So BTB Army, we got my man, Evan, from LA in a minute. What's goody? What is up, Ben? Thank you for having me on. Much anticipated. I'm excited to be here. Oh, man, it's crazy, you know? And let's get right into it. And the first question why? <laughs> why LA in a minute? Yeah. Man, the truth is pretty simple, right? You grew up here. I grew up here. When I was growing up, everybody always said, LA has no culture. LA has no history. And you kind of just take it for granted, right? You know that it's a fairly modern new city. We're always looking to the future. But the more I look every corner, every street, you see something, there's always stories and it always goes back into the history which I love to uncover, but more importantly, the culture that we have here, man, is outrageous. The most diverse city on the planet. How do you not have culture? And that's something that I want to like bring to people and share with everybody because I'm learning and discovering and I get excited about it. So I want to bring it to the people of Los Angeles and beyond. You know, what's crazy is um, when Casey first told me about the page, um, it's funny because uh, my wife started following it. She was telling me, I was, I was like, hey, I'll get to it, get to it. And then I was like, this motherfucker right here, God damn. And technically, you know, that like green screen background, you know, the, the, the video, this and that, it was not necessarily super late, but it was kind of late. And I was like, okay, well, let's see what happens. But the growing happened. And I remember reposting it a few times. Yes. And I remember, you know, it started growing and then boom. But then I started realizing, no, this dude really is for real with this shit. And you would shock me every so often and it got better and better 
And I thought about it. Before I ask you, the next question is, is tell me your LA background. Where'd you grow up and all that? All right. So I grew up in what was called Sepulveda at the time. Now it's called North Hills. LA boy through and through, went to uh, Monroe High School. I know Monroe. In Sepulveda, yep. Off 405 at Nordoff. Then went to UCLA. I always knew I was going to stay in LA. I applied to three schools, UCLA, USC, and Berkeley. Berkeley just to see if I, I could get in. But I got into UC, USC and UCLA, wanted to stay close, went to UCLA. And I mean, man, I lived one year in Seattle, one year in DC, but both times I knew I was coming back. It was like an yeah. extended vacation. I'd have people out, yeah. uh, friends, family, all that kind of stuff. But I always knew I was coming back to LA because LA is where my heart is, truthfully. So every time I get here, when I travel, right, this is the truth, especially in Burbank, where you get off the plane on the tarmac. Soon as you get out and just see that LA light and see the San Gabriels and, and the beautiful sky and the greens, I'm like, hell yeah. No matter how dope that vacation was, getting back to LA, you're like, yes, this is the place. This is it's me. funny. I have every single flight direct, meaning nonstop. I have every nonstop flight that flies out of Burbank yeah. saved on my iPhone notes because let me tell you something. Some people are like, the fuck? why the fuck is Scottie Pippen and Ben Baller on a fucking Southwest flight? And I'm like, you want to know why? Because, and then, you know, Jet Sweet X is right next door, so it's yes. cool. But it's like, look, bro, I don't want no bullshit. I don't give a fuck. I will go on Southwest. The fact that I told the story on the pod, I was uh, at our house in Glendale while the house is being built. It's 9.17 a.m. You ready for this? I look at my phone and I have a trip to go to catch and my wife goes, hey, isn't your flight till later? And I was like, I mean, isn't your flight pretty soon? And I was like, no, 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 it's good. It's at 11. I'm good. I'm straight. Boom. I decided to look at my phone. I'm if you look at my phone right now, the organization I have is nuts. It'll make you crazy. I'm that ADD OCD. I believe it. I'm OCD myself. There you go. Yeah. So I have alarm for this, when to eat, when to do this, when to do this. Because if I don't, I'm not going to, I'm going to forget. Okay. When to right? eat, that's some serious OCD. So, go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I look, my flight's at 9.50. Okay. Well, what did I just tell you? Nine, you know, it, it's almost 920. Yeah. Okay. So I got to grab shit here and there. I always packed three, depending on how long the trip is. If it's a, a, you know, like a far trip, five hours or more, I pack six days before the bag is already ready to go. I even always have uh, a three to 10 day toiletry bag ready to go. And then I have a one to two day. So it's just ready to go. Boom. So I look at it. The last thing I want to do is jump in a Ferrari to go to Burbank, but it's cool. It's fine. It's, it, they got valet. I leave my house at 927. Glendale. Okay, ready for this, bro? Yeah, yeah. I Snapchat me saying, look, this ain't fucking around. Boom, whatever. Boom. I get there and I'm hoping it ain't going to be anything crazy. I get there. Valet. Run with my carry-on. Run to the thing. Bro, it was an empty flight. So if the flight was like, you know, A, B, C, boom, whatever, yeah, yeah. then, you know, I would have had a little bit of time because at 9.50, they're boarding at 9.20. Big time. Right? Bro, they're calling my name as I'm going to the TSA. Last call, Ben, blah, blah. Bro, I got 9.27. Mind you, I got to Burbank, all right? Yeah. At 9.38, all right? I'm walking through security at like 9.43. And bro, they're ready to leave because there was nothing else. Yep, yep. So I get on. That's just one of the many reasons why I do love Burbank Airport. And again, going back, to what you said, you know, I lived in New York for a year during a really bad time. The blizzards was there. Um, I had a place in Seattle, uh, had a place in the Bay Area for a long time. 
the funny part was my brother went to Berkeley. My grades weren't great. I was star athlete, all CIF, you know, all state. I was not all American, but I was ready to walk on to UCLA. Now, my dad didn't just teach there for 33 fucking years. He was the head of Asian studies. He had the dean fucking write me a letter. And I still couldn't get in because motherfuckers had 4.7s and that. And every Asian name I was, you know, this. Highly I, I wanted to stay in LA. I did not want to leave at all whatsoever, right? I almost went to LMU, but I couldn't walk on basketball team. And I was such a big fan of Hank Gathers. Rest in peace. Yes. And that situation was crazy. But if LMU had a football team, even if there was Division three, I don't give a fuck. I would have went. Yeah. But USC couldn't. We couldn't afford it either. It couldn't get it. So it was just crazy. Just nuts. Um. So... UCLA, what'd you, what'd, you, uh, what'd you study there? Hold on. Let me t- say one thing about Burbank. This is one of the fun, <laughs> most fun things I uncovered, right, is Burbank Airport. This is dope to me. During World War II, right, and Burbank's uh, where the Disney Studios are located. During World War II, Burbank Airport was considered a major target for, uh, you know, the Japanese and, um, you know, the Axis, Axis for Allies, all that stuff. So, And it was a more major airport than LAX at the time. So Burbank the Disney studio people created this huge awning and they camouflaged it with mini buildings and like little contraptions on top of the awning. And they covered the entire airport to make it look like if spy planes or enemy planes were flying over, it was just like suburban land with houses and everything. So, and I got to show you the pictures. I mean, I did an episode on LA in a minute, but the pictures are dope because you see it and you see it from under and you're looking up and it's this like huge awning over Burbank airport and even the airport. I mean, the uh, tarmac and the, the, um, the runways and all that stuff. And then, but from over, you're like, holy shit, it just looks like the rest of the valley. So it's pretty dope, like what they did. And that's one of my favorite things about Burbank Airport. But to answer your question, when I went to UCLA, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I just knew that I wanted to go to UCLA. That was like my life goal at that point. I was going to play baseball. I was going to walk on the baseball team. That dream ended pretty quick after the fall quarter, after walking on and seeing Troy Gloss and Jim Park and Chase Utley and guys like that, where I'm like, wow, that's that's some real, real ball players. And I played with some great ball players back in the Valley, but when everybody's like that, and I'm like six foot as a pitcher that throws mid-80s, that's dime a dozen. It's good in high school, but it's dime a dozen on the college level. So I go in as an econ major, and all the classes were at 8 a.m., right? And I was commuting my first two years because oh, my parents shit, didn't want me bro. to live out. My parents didn't want me to live out until I was 18, and I started at 16 at UCLA. So I'm commuting, and this 8 a.m. was just killing me, right? Bro, so I, Jesus so Christ. I did it for the first quarter, first two quarters. And I'm like, fuck this shit. I need a different major. So I went into sociology, which was a great choice, not scholastically or academically, but man, that changed my world as far as getting to enjoy the college life and the college experience. So I ended up majoring in sociology with a minor in business administration. So that's... I heard a rumor that you were... Uh, I don't know if it was that high up, but you were the editor of Daily Bruin? Sports editor. Sports editor, nice. Yeah, so because I wanted to play sports. Dude, my dream since I was, since I can remember was to be a pro baseball player. Make the major leagues. Right now I'm 44, 45 next week. Okay. So a few of my friends got to play at UCLA. Yeah. So throughout the years, um, basketball, there's some fans of mine that played football there, but um, it was weird because, you know, growing up, I should obviously be a huge fan of the A-clap, but like, I had so many really close friends like Reggie Bush and then I played football. So 
you know, I think my dad was really hurt that I would be rooting for for Reggie and them. It's because it's such an enormous rivalry, right? But it was, uh, I met this kid at a movie. I was at Century City before CAA took took down the, you know, the, the they used to have the, I forgot what the theater was called, but there was a theater theater where they used to play Cats and all like the plays and stuff yeah, and yeah. the Twin Towers there and everything. But um, I'm there at a movie. He's with this really cute Asian girl. It's funny. And it was a really sparkable conversation. And he's five foot two. Okay. And he tells me he plays. He's actually on the UCLA Bruin roster. And I'm like, the fuck? His name is Spencer Sue. Now, mind you, I'm an enormous fan of this guy who's his teammate. And later, we're friends to this day. That's Russell Westbrook, who went to Losing Her High School, right? Okay. LA native. So, you know, I go visit this dude. He gave me tickets. I go to um to um Poly Pavilion. So, um, you know, going there, boom. But also, I grew up knowing Baron Davis. Yeah. So, you know, BD, Cross Boom Dizzle, you know what I'm saying? That's my dog. Yeah. So, anyways, um, you were your sports editor. Okay, cool. So jumping into the next thing. What would you say is your favorite historical fact about LA that you've covered? Man. That you covered on your page. Um, wow. There's okay. So this is a, a cliche answer, and I will answer the question, but here's the truth, right? I'm relentlessly curious and passionate about whatever I'm doing. I'm one of those people that's, I'm very excitable, right? So whatever I'm covering is the dopest thing. Like the right now, an episode that's going to drop this week that I'm excited about is Los Angeles used to be part, or sorry, Los Angeles was almost part of Colorado. Like what? And like when I read that, when I found that out, I was like, what the fuck? How does that even make sense? So what happened was in the 1840s before California was a state, right? And it was all, fuck, Frontier Los Angeles was such a fucking amazing era, by the way. And I'm infatuated with it right now. But I'm reading this book. And before California became a state, there's all these people you've heard of, like Andres Pico, Jose Sepulveda, John Downey, Phineas Banning, like the forefathers of Los Angeles, right? Right. Well, guess what? Most of those people used to be pro-slavery. Okay, that's just how it was. That oh, was the time. Damn, so California had an influx of people coming in for the gold rush. And now you get people, you get money, resources. They're like, yo, let's make this California state. California was admitted to the union as a free state, right? So anti-slavery. So down in Los Angeles, which was, you know, basically a de facto part of the Confederacy, all these people are like, yo, we got to get a different state. We got to uh, secede, secede, right? Turn California into two states, Northern California, Southern California. The Northern part of California was going to remain California. The Southern part was going to be called Colorado. Okay. So Andres Pico wrote up this legislation to secede. Should California become two states? The voters in LA or in Southern California passed it overwhelmingly, 75% gets sent to the California state legislature. They pass it. The governor signs off on it, sends it to Congress. This is 1859. Congress is like, wait, we'll deal with that. But we got this other matter to take care of real quick called the Civil War. So they just <laughs> shelved it. So fucking long story short, California almost became Colorado. It didn't. Obviously, here we are in California and things changed and people's opinions changed. So then, uh, yeah, but long story short, Southern California, LA was about to be Colorado before Colorado took that name and became Colorado. So rewind. The Pico dude, obviously Pico yeah. Boulevard, probably, yeah. right? Whatever. Yeah. Now, my question is the Banning guy. Yeah. Is that what they named the city of Banning after? Yes, him? Phineas Banning. Absolutely. Okay, so ready for this? Yeah. Fun fact about Banning. Yeah. Didn't know this until about 10, about 10 years ago. Yeah. So 
Kentucky Fried Chicken was always my favorite spot growing up as a kid and going there and whatever. In all my life, you know Shakey's sister, of, of course. You know, come on, Shakey's Buffet. It was Love one it. of my favorite. The pizza, the mojos, the whole nine. I never knew Kentucky Fried Chicken had a buffet. The location in Banning is one of two locations and maybe the only standing today, if it's still around, that had a buffet. They had a KFC buffet, what? motherfucker. You could eat fried chicken all and crazy. Because, you know, you're going all the way to fucking, whether you're going to fucking, um, um, what's Cabazon or yeah. going to whatever, yeah. to Palm Springs and driving out there. And it's like crazy, right? And like going back, like my dad is a professor, right? He has a PhD from Harvey Mudd. And I think about it, you know, they're fucking, he was broke as shit. Like, I mean, like, like, dude, like literally, I don't know how the fuck, you know, my dad got arrested because he couldn't afford to pay a speeding viol a moving violation, things like that. But like when we grew up, he tried to teach me history. We went to go visit Mansnar, you oh, know, wow. stuff like that, Real everything, history. visit okay. all the missions, you know, certain things, whatever. That, that's how LA schools should be, by the way, and teach us that LA does have this history, but go on. Yeah. Right. So I just wanted to bring that thing about man banning up, but, oh, wow. um, is, is that pretty much, I mean, is that one of your crazy, I mean, that's, that's amazing that, historical So fact. that's the resource. So I, look, man, it's like this, right? Like I never realized the extent of Los Angeles being such an oil city, right? Because everybody's like, oh, how'd LA get big? Oh, Hollywood, the movies, of course. But what really made Los Angeles, when Doheny struck oil, that was the financial engine that really bought, brought the big players out to LA, brought the right. real money into Los Angeles. Because movies... They were cool and all this, but don't forget, it was like Nickelodeons. People would pay a nickel and fucking crank a machine, and you're like looking down. It wasn't movies what weren't what they were now when Los Angeles was developing. But then they struck oil, and they didn't just strike oil. It wasn't like, oh, Doheny found this well and everybody's rich. No, turns out Los Angeles sits on the biggest urban oil field in the United States, bigger than Texas, Oklahoma, all those places you think of black gold. No, Los Angeles was providing 30% of the world's oil by 1930. So that to me, and you see these old pictures like in Venice, Signal Hill in the middle, like Beverly Hills to this day still has oil derricks, oh, okay. man. And okay, it's, let me stop you. Yeah, yeah. Let me stop you. Things pop up as you're speaking and I knew they would. That's why I only had a few general. Yeah. And they, the, the questions that keep going and I'm writing them down notes. I went to Beverly Hills High School for two years. Okay. You should be old enough to remember there's an oil pump on the corner of Spalding and, and Olympic. Damn right. So I don't know if you know what's going on or if you heard, and maybe you cover a story on it. Could be controversial. Several, if not at least 10 people have died over the last 30-something years from cancer because of that oil well. So they finally took it down. You can't see it anymore. I used to have a doctor right there in Century City on Century Park West and um, Century Park East, I'm sorry. No, Century Park West, I'm sorry. And Olympic right there where the, where the change goes over and you kind of go through under Avenue of the Stars and the bridge. I used to be able to see my old high school. So I remember a kid getting cancer in the late 90s and dying. Darren Fatusi, a friend of mine. Then a friend of mine, Autumn Hagen, whose family was a part owner of Ikea. They're super wealthy, whatever, boom. She got sick. She, had, she, she beat it, though. They caught it early. She went through chemo. Imagine a beautiful, rich girl, and, and I don't want to use like this, but like Ivanka Trump type girl, whatever, right, boom. Yeah. Imagine a girl like that with long, beautiful hair, straight, healthy, having to shave your head for like, you know, wear wigs or anything, but it's just tough, right? All these crazy things. My cousin died last month, who was a year above me. She went to Beverly. She actually lived, I lived in a tiny little apartment. My, she was a second cousin. They, they, they came from pretty good money. 
different side of the family. But uh, Irene, man, she passed away last month, and it's definitely, I think it's definitely tied to, to that because it's just weird. And there's been more and more, and I've heard more and more, and it's tied to it. So if you want to look into a story, wow. look into the Beverly Hills High School oil pump that was on the side of the thing. I know about the oil pump, didn't know about those ramifications health-wise, and that kind of reminds me of the Santa Susana, like Bell Canyon, where they used to do nuclear testing, right? Which again, this is another thing about LA, they used to do nuclear testing in Los Angeles County, like bombs, all that shit. There was a radioactive meltdown in Northwest Los Angeles County, and for 50 years, they're like, oh, no building here, blah, blah, blah. But the half-life of this nuclear waste is millions of years. So right now in that area, there's all kinds of like unique cancer, like a high preponderance of all these unique kind of cancers. People have died, people are dying, so it's a big story. And there's a documentary on that, but I did not know about the oil one. So that's- Look into it, bro, it's crazy. Interesting. This and is something I know firsthand. And again, these are like macabre examples but this is kind of the thing about LA. Everywhere you look, everything has a story because we've always been that city of the future, the city of tomorrow, which didn't really celebrate our past. So it's like, oh, it's got some history. That's cool. I'm going to knock it down. I'm going to demolish it. We're going to build something bigger and doper and better. But I always like to look at like, yo, what was before that, man? Like, what is the actual history that... Because L.A., like, yeah, when you're walking around, something's 50 years old. You're like, oh, man, that's really old. But in the scale of things, it's not. So Los Angeles, I like to dig and peel off those layers and find out what's there. So as much as I feel like I know about the city that I call home and I love, and it's tattooed on my back, and it's, you know, I'm as L.A. as you can get. But also, I've had gotten kind of fed up with a lot of things because it's just shit's just fucked up. But um, have you ever watched the show Bosch? I've read the books by Michael Connolly. Okay. Never seen the show, but okay, I'm, I'm going to tell you this real quick. I'm familiar with I'm gonna tell you this real the content. Quick. Yeah. Okay. So when you write a show about LA, you know, I watch cop shows here and there, whatever, and they cover things and it's typical. You'll see pinks, you'll see this, this, and this. There's seven seasons and then now there's a spinoff for the main star. He's a Hollywood detective working out of the Wilcox, you know, the station right there. It was right across the street from my old office when I worked at Priority Records. I have watched the seven, eight seasons of Bosch. I've seen each season probably eight to 10 times. There are parts of LA that I never knew. There's things about LA I never knew. And they went so fucking deep. This show, you will fucking love it. I I envy you turning on the first episode and watching. They go as far out to like Palm Springs on certain yes. things. They go on certain shit. Bro, they did this thing about... You know, the fucking, uh, the Eagles landing, you know, the little, the little cart that goes in, right in downtown LA. You know, the little, like, it's like a, a pagoda thing, you know what I'm talking about right yes, there? Yes, yes. That, or Eagles, whatever it's called. Just shit that they did in downtown. They the go Angel through Flight. the hood. The Angel Angel Flight. Flight. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. They go through Chinatown. They go through, like, yo, Hollywood. Like, you'll really see shit. But areas they never really cover in the main TV shows you see about LA. They did it so fucking good. And there's not one person, the Bosch page follows me on Instagram. That's how, like, dope, I'm a yeah. huge fan. Um, check this out. Check this out, though. So the author of like the the Bosch, Harry yeah, Bosch Michael Collins, yeah. So the deal is, and I do not read fiction. Okay, like for some, I don't have that imagination. I'm not a big movie guy, big show guy. I'm just like an information whore, right? I want to learn stuff. I want information. So when I read, it's always like nonfiction. My buddy was like, "You got to read Michael Collins. So great, so dope. It's all about LA." And I'm like, "Yeah, LA, LA." But I picked up the first one. And again, there's like 30 novels or whatever. So I just picked up one. 
and to your point, it's like, it's not just the cliche, oh, he's by the Hollywood sign. Like, he goes deep into Van Nuys, San mm -hmm. Fernando, mm -hmm. like down San Pedro, like these obscure, not not obscure, like neighborhoods, but the places within those neighborhoods. Are not, that aren't focused. You know what I'm saying? So, like and, and this is the thing. The author, Michael Connolly, used to be a crime writer for the LA Times. Oh, so he know knows what's up. So that's the deal where he's on all the police scanners and all that so, shit. So, ready for this? Yeah. I'm playing golf one day at Weddington and a North Hollywood police officer who was on the force for 10 years there, he transferred to Hollywood, Hollywood division, main Hollywood yeah. where Bosch is filmed. Yeah. They were coming there to, you know, shoot and everything, right? Remember they rebuild these offices. I actually thought they were using the Hollywood station, right? He said they asked him to come to the studio where they film the station. It was so point on point that they went to the fucking the the lieutenant's office they even had the picture frames on the wall to match the actual picture frames in the lieutenant's office the the books everything that's how on point D just bro watch this yeah show. no now i have to now watch absolutely show. Watch that's dope that's great so you know your your posts are you know under a minute usually you rarely go over a minute um i know you're doing short content right but then when you know casey by the way shout out to casey when sure, casey sure had told me the effort, and I knew it had to be, how long does it take Fuck. to make one post? All right, so truthfully, like including drive time and shooting on scene, and I, I wanna make that clear too. You mentioned the green screen, which is a big component of what I do, but one thing that I love doing, and for me as like kind of a reporter in my bones, I, I used to work for the LA Times coming out of college, turned into a, a reporter with that sociology degree. Um, I like going there and feeling it. And like some of these communities that I haven't really spent much time in, like let's say early in my in my LA in a minute phase, like Boyle Heights. Sure, I could do a story on Boyle Heights, do some research, but I want to go out there. I want to walk the neighborhood and feel it and see it. And you're like, okay, now you really like can kind of, you know, eat at the restaurants, talk to some people, and you really have that feel. So everything from like driving to shooting on location, research, script editing, finding the images to match. It's like six to eight hours per episode. Although if I do a news or a current event one, I can probably get it done in like 90 minutes to two hours. But, Jesus but it's what Christ. I love, man. No, I it's know. what I love. I just, yeah. I'm in a different place in my life. Yeah. I'm pretty much almost entering my fourth career with golf and everything. And it's like, dude, who has one successful career? Let will have two or three, right? And like, I don't have the patience anymore. I got three <laughs> kids. I'm, I have ADD. I'm crazy in my brain. So I'm just like, good for you, bro. It was just something, you know. And, and my next question that follows up to that was, yeah. how do you come up with the content? Like, what, ah. how are you? How do you figure out what you want to cover? Is it just like, do you have a list of things and just try to check them off? Or? So initially, it was a list, and then it became people suggest stuff, and then always ongoing is reading. Man, I'm always every night. My wife and I have like some little reading time, like before bed, before we get free. No, I'm just kidding. But like we we do like some re we have some reading, and I'm always reading all these LA books. And it's like a perfect example right now. I'm reading this book from 1916. It's called 60 Years in Southern California about this guy named Harris Newmark, who was one of the first Jewish people in LA in 1853. And he writes a first person account of what LA was like for 60 years, from 1853 to 19. 13. So within that one, you get all these perspectives of, again, like it's a lot of frontier Los Angeles, but it's where Los Angeles is really developing. And the stories are just like, holy shit. Like he's seeing this in first person. So a perfect example is Los Angeles 
was not just the Wild West, but Los Angeles was the most violent place on earth from 1850 to 1856. So I got to do a story on this. He's talking about this place called Calle de los Negros, which is literally translated street of the black people. But right now it's Los Angeles street, which I went down there yesterday because I'm like, I got to do this story because there was a murder a day on this street because with that gold rush that I was talking about, all the people coming in, multiple races, multiple ethnicities, LA has always been very diverse, by the way, which is something that's fucking dope. But like all these people, they were all men in here for the gold rush, alcohol, saloons, prostitution, gambling halls. So shit gets out of hand. And you're like right here on this street. I got to go see it myself. Because even though now, look, it's a fucking, there's a parking lot, a freeway on ramp, couple brick buildings, looks all, you know, like a nice LA street, like right next to Alvera Street. But you go back in time and you're like, holy shit, bro. This was the most violent place on earth. So it just excites me and makes me want to do a story. So like I'm reading something or a lot of people suggest stuff or there's even stuff from my, like my early list that I just haven't got to because LA, there's so much to cover. People, infrastructure, like, oh, infrastructure. Well, dude, 405 freeway, I drove that shit every day of my life. What's the story? Because without the 405, the valley's cut off from fucking everything. How did the 405 come about? Why was it built? I'm always just curious about that. So nice. everything, everything you look at is an idea, man, especially in this city where we have so many different things from different cultures and different people. So yeah. No, it's fucking amazing and it's great. And that's why I love the page. Um, how do you feel about all these fucking transplants that have come over here in the last 23 years trashing our city? Like these transplants that talk shit about our city, they do these fucking TikToks like, oh, what's a fair place to eat? Shut your ass up, bro. As soon as you talk about Korean food and what the fuck you're talking about, get the fuck out of here. All right. All right. How do you feel about those? So this is fucking funny. Is natives versus transplants is an ongoing debate that's been LA in a minute, the podcast in a minute with Evan Lover. We had a whole episode on it. Natives hate transplants. Transplants talk shit about LA and the people. But one thing that I always remember, you go back to 1920, 81% of the people in Los Angeles in 1900 years ago were born outside Los Angeles. So you think about it, the only non-transplants in Los Angeles are the indigenous people, the Tongva, uh, the uh, Kiz people, the Gabrielenos. No, for sure. Everybody's a transplant. But man, I got to tell you, just between me and you and the B2B audience is fucking, it really bothers me when somebody just new to LA is like, oh, what's up with the people here? Like, oh, the, tra like just some dumb bullshit where you're kind of like, all right, man, like you think you know LA but you like my day in LA I, like you said I see these TikToks like my day in Los Angeles and you're like seeing this dumb shit and it's kind of like shit talking right where yeah. they're they're almost like saying this I like LA but it's like this look this face the undertone um I don't hate transplants I re again I realize at some point everybody or their family was a transplant but yo if you're gonna come to LA remember this it's not a city that you necessarily fall in love with on day one or week one or sometimes even year one. But once you realize it, once you find your people, like LA is fucking dope and it's for everybody. So, I mean, transplants, just, just bide your time before you're talking shit. Figure it out because there is a lot to figure out here.
No, for sure. It's like when you see a girl, she's like, I hate that dude. It's fuck LA people. Yes. First of all, that motherfucker moved here five years, tried to become an actor. Now the motherfucker's here, boom. Yep. The other people that hate it's like, I grew up with kids that were like, you know, but yeah, man, Philly dog, Philly. Like, motherfucker, you've been here since you were 11, dog. You're fucking 44 now, bro. Why are you talking, bro? Like, I get it, but it's just like, dog, homie, you grew up here in the culture where you're old enough to where you're playing baseball. Like, dog, it's the Dodgers, motherfucker. Yeah. Stop it. Now, football is weird. I could never be. Could never be. I was never a Rams fan. Yeah, same. Rams were never an LA team. Same. It was a weird thing. Was never kept charges, bro. Like I always have an argument. Like, bro, they should have just left them there because it's such a San Diego staple. Bro, Sad, right? Perfect. So, My like, San you know, the only LA hearted. team I ever really considered, even though from Oakland, was really the Raiders. Yes. But, but you know, going on, um, you know, that's what bothers me about that as far as those people. But like. There's so many different parts of it. When you go all the way to Malibu, when you go to Venice, there's so many parts of Manhattan Beach that I fall in love with because it's like, wow, there's such a great little area. I'll escape. And it's, you're running out of places to escape, right? But like, even like, you know, well, I shouldn't even, I was going to mention his name. I'm going to say why. But, um, you know, our boy's wife, you know, she grew up, you know what I'm saying? And like, you know, in fucking, in that area, right? Yeah, yeah. And if you look at how much gentrification, like you would never think to go to Frogtown. You would never think to go out yes. the little area, right? Like, wait a second, what? Downy. It's near, it's near South Pasadena. It's near this. It's the, and, and it's just like, you know, when you go to Highland Park, you go to these places, you're like, damn, York Boulevard is different now, bro. It's like, you see beautiful Great cafes. Great Highland Park, Gorgeous, man. right? And you see like even Atwater, such a dope spot and all these places. So it's like, there's so much that people don't understand, yeah. right? And people are like, what the fuck's Glassell Park? What's even, just the other day you covered Elysian Park. And it's just like, if you motherfuckers knew the history and why, well, I'll go down there with Mr. Cartoon because the lowrider shows and all that stuff and everything. Yes. And it's just like, you know, people don't know how big, I, even when, you know, Koreatown. Yeah. Bro, okay. imagine, one of the sickest times I've ever been in my life. I'd say like, there's four times I can remember being sick. COVID being one of them. Can you imagine when CNN covered Koreatown with fucking Anthony Bourdain and I was going to be a part of it and I had like a 103 degree fever. I was sick as fuck. My boy David Cho, my boy bro, Roy Choi. Oh, bro. They went to my, 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 like a family close restaurant of ours. That's, I'm so sad that it's gone. It was to this day, the greatest Korean restaurant, Korean barbecue, Korean food in LA history, Dong Il Jang. It's closed right on L, uh, 8th and Harvard. Um, Anthony Bourdain sat there, ate. This is amazing. This that I I used to idolize that dude. Like I look Course, up to the legend. And so yeah. it's just it's just sad, you know. Um, but anyways, my next question is, uh, who are some of the famous celebrities that follow the LA in a minute? Page? That's a that's a funny question. Uh, Ryan Seacrest, Mario Lopez, Reggie Bush. Um, it's okay. So one thing you got to understand too is apologies to celebrities. One of the things about LA in a minute, I try not to cover or get caught up in that culture, right? Because LA, people think it's Beverly Hills, Hollywood, Santa Monica, but LA, going back to your point with the neighborhoods, is Montebello, is historic South Central, is Silmar. And like, these are the things I try to focus on, but a lot of people appreciate that. And yes, I get followers and dms from people like perfect example is gary safety the guy who's trying to develop the bulgari hotel in beverly hills sent me a dm and he's like let's talk i got a story to tell you about this like ongoing battle and it's cool and it's flattering and like my wife will take some screenshots cascade is a big supporter nice. shout out cascade he always you know comments on posts stuff like this but i think anybody who's kind of touched la like sort of the the way it was brought up to me 
is we were talking to a prospective like talent agent. And one of the things he says to me is he's like, LA in a minute is good in every hood, meaning black, white, Asian, Latino, uh, Jewish, gay, straight, trans, like whatever it is. I'm just focusing on celebrating the city. And he's like, the important thing about that is you got some very important people following you. You know, I've had Congress people, uh, local representatives kind of reach out. Let's do certain things together. Um, let's collaborate on such and such. And it's good because I feel like, you know, I don't discriminate in the sense, not just against people, but neighborhoods or just anything regarding Los Angeles I embrace, and I think I get that sort of embrace from the people that really love Los Angeles. So, no, that's dope, and I'm glad. Um, you know, Ben um, Baller, by the way, what about that? Come yeah, on, big no, time. I mean, you know, like I think some of these people, you know, Rick Caruso is supposed to be on the show. You know, I got no problem saying this. I've supported all his businesses here and there, uh, voted for him. He kind of declined coming on the show early on when I wanted to push the show. I was like, hey, bro, I got a big Asian demographic here and there. And they, they, they did a little more research. And then they reached out like seven times to come on the show. And I was like, bro, I'm good, man. I'm straight, homie. I, I still vote for you, but I just, like, I'm good. I don't yeah, trip. But, you know, but like, people like that, you know. Um, is there anyone you could think of that's an LAOG that follows you? Is there anybody like like as far as the LAOG, like like celeb type of? Let me, let me address the Caruso. So here's a perfect example. During the mayoral race, LA in a minute got one-on-ones with both Rick Caruso and I, Karen I, I watched Bass. Them. I yeah, watched so I mean, like, it's that kind of okay. LA OG uh, Estevan Oriol, very good friend of mine. So, so there's very a pro, very there's close a good friend of mine. Example, let's see, uh, Spanto, RIP, rest in peace. Was a follower, boy. comment on my shit. Um, man, who else? It's tough to kind of think of off the top because, again, you know, on Instagram, you're not. It's not sorted Cascade, by blue. Is, is Cascade from LA? No, he's from Utah, actually. Jesus but Christ. he's kind of like embraced LA. I'm not I think. mad at that. I'm not mad at anybody embracing our city. Yeah. I'm just wondering, is there any other celebrity that's been born and raised here that follows that you think F of? Besides Mr. Born and Raised? Let me think. Hold on. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um, shit, man. It's tough off the top. Check my followers. I mean, like, it's pretty, it's pretty Does legit. Does George Lopez follow or no? No. Okay. Well, not not last I checked. Again. And I'm, hey, man, he's real. He's true SFV to the to I want fucking George Lopez on my show because this is where I kind of fell in love with what he does. I two things. One, when the San Fernando High School baseball team won the city title, he had him on the show and I was like, dude, that's some city section baseball. Love this guy. Then I happened to be at a Dodger game. He threw out the first pitch, right? And fucking I hate celebrities that kind of like don't take it seriously or fuck around during it. But uh, George Lopez walks out there with a 34 Dodger jersey. It says Lopezuela, right? And at first, I was kind of like, all right, how do I really feel about that? Trying to think about it. And they give you the first pitch, like, in front of the mound, and you're supposed to lob it. He's like, no, no, no. He backs up to the top of the rubber, like, 60 feet, 6 inches away. Legit, like, pitching mechanics. Fires, like, a 70-mile-an-hour fastball, which, again, for an older dude that I, you know i don't know what baseball background but he's a celeb so i don't think of him as a baseball player but boom psh, fires it in there perfect strike i was like all right dude love this guy san fernando valley baseball fernando so, you know, representing yeah so i idolized fernando valenzuela yeah when i did my tops one dedication it, oh, it was him yeah so in 2017 and 18 i went to every world series game with george wow. the way they treated us Bro, listen, I've been with big celebs to a lot of games from Bieber to whatever. I'm talking, we're walking in the offices. We're going here, there, boom. We're sitting anywhere the fuck we want to. 
He brings me into the dugout during the fucking national anthem. Who Bro. the fuck are we standing next to? Yeah. El Toro. He, Come on. he introduces me to Fernando. Yeah. And then I get back and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I bumped into motherfucking Tommy Lasorda. Oh, dude. So like, you know, George, hold on. I threw out the first pitch 14 years ago, whatever. And then I was going to do it again for this one Korean heritage night, whatever. And they chose this fucking K-pop dude. It's not even funny. I kind of pissed me off. But I was like, cool. I already did that experience. But G is a good friend of mine. Funny thing. Yeah. In three hours, I'm playing golf with him. Oh, hell yeah. Um, that's my boy. I, I brought him out at the Greek Theater two nights ago. You know, that's my dog. Yes. Um, I can get George on the show for sure. That's fucking dope. And by the way, man. shout out Roy Choi. Roy Choi also follows and comments too. That's Good friend a of mine from my hood, man. That's, that's, that's my dog. That was touching me because that dude had a book. And obviously, you know, the whole Roy Choi fucking literally changed cuisine with the food trucks and all this kind of stuff. But he had a book called L.A. Sun that came out yeah. right before my son, my only child, was born. And honestly, just <clears throat> it wasn't just, oh, L.A. Sun and that's my L.A. Sun. This is way before L.A. in a minute. But reading his story, because I was really into food for a while and I cook and all that kind of shit, but it was a true L.A. story. It wasn't just here's some fucking recipes. Oh, by the way, here's my background. No, this guy gets into like the real L.A. shit. And it kind of feels like a parallel a little bit with your background somewhat. Yeah, you very know? similar. Yeah. So I'm like, dude, like I didn't realize, I knew he was from LA and all that, but I didn't realize like, okay, this dude's from LA and of LA. So shit, The thing major, that depressed me was he broke down Koreatown better than I could or in, uh, he was able to articulate it a little better than me. Um, not on the street level, but like just like the business and certain things. And he just was able to, to explain it better. But funny thing is, He's opening his Vegas restaurant at the, um, I think it was the, uh, it was called the, the MGM something. I forgot best what. Best friend, yeah. He's opening best friend. friend MG Park, the, Park MGM yeah, or Park something MGM, like that. There yeah. you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. So on the opening night of the restaurant, funny story going back to Burbank. Yeah. Me, him, and my wife are sitting the three seat row in Southwest going to Vegas. He's telling my wife, he's like, hey man, please let me feed you. Just come in. I was like, no dog, I'm good, I'm straight. But how funny is that, right? That's my dog and that's my boy. And, and that night, you know, it was remember going back to the thing. Um, it's crazy because by organic, just looking at my notes. Yeah. Now we're going to just get into food as we're 40 minutes into this, oh, right? Oh, shit. What, uh, what is your favorite burger spot in LA? <sighs> okay, man. These questions, the favorite burger, favorite taco, favorite pizza are always so difficult. And I'll tell you I don't why. want to know pizza because I don't want I don't give a fuck about LA because uh, it's just LA pizza. I yeah. have big thoughts on that because it's shitty. Yeah, that's gonna yeah. take forever. But for, the, for, for, okay. your favorite All right, burger. To answer your question. I'll give you three. I'm I'm gonna tell you this, man. Like, look, in and out's cliche, it's obvious. And it is fucking legit. I love it. I'm a big fan of fat burger, but here's a problem. You gotta go to the real fat burgers. And since they got corporatized, they rebranded them all. I don't know if the food changed or if it's just like my feel when I'm inside a fat burger. Um, but it's not as good. But the OG fat burgers are fucking dope. Apple pan is good. Oh my God. Apple has always been my top three forever. Smash burgers these days are like all the rage in LA. I'm, 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 they're, they're good, but, but it's hold on, hold kind on. of like a cheat let code. Me give a, yeah. Let me give a shout out to Nuge. Burger she wrote on Beverly yeah. right by the Grove is just fucking phenomenal. But you know, apple pie will always be up there. Yeah. Golden State will always be up there. I'm an enormous, enormous OG Fat Burger fan. The OG one on Western that, you know, whatever, boom. The original murder 
Fatburger on the corner, La Cienega in San Vicente, where everyone used to get killed. It was fucking crazy. Cross street from the Hotel Nico, which turned into 15 other hotels, and now it's the SLS. That was one of the most legendary fat burgers in history. You would see celebs there, everything. Yes. The one in Westwood, that was right there. We used to go to that one all the time. The OG chili fries there and everything. But um, but listen, number one favorite burger, truthfully, if you're like putting me on the spot, Tommy's double chili cheeseburger. Come on, man. Rampart and Bro, bro. fucking Tommy's. I, I and about it OG. the other day. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking Ooh. about it. And I was like, you know, my mom used to live down the street, yeah. right, from Belmont. And I always thought like, do they still have the fucking freezers where you open up and all the sodas are just stacked Fuck, up in there? Fuck, yeah. No. You know, just the, just, and then they have, I remember, do you remember obviously before they had the extension part across the street, yeah, right? Come yeah, on. It's yeah. just like, and then the chili's there and everything. It was just great. You see a bunch of cops there here and there. It's just obviously dangerous area, you know? But, I mean, look, okay, you, you know better than me. People sometimes like, I'll go to, I do my episode on historic South Central in South Central. I do my story on the Watchtowers from the Watchtowers. I like to go down there and feel it. And I get these comments like, oh shit, white boy, be careful down there. And I'm like, <laughs> no, man, you could, like, if you mind your business, I you feel could. like it's same shit. If you carry yourself normally, like you're going to be fine. And I feel like in Los Angeles, and now look, it's a different story. Am I going down there at 1 a.m.? No, I'm not. No. But I'm like, dude, I feel like Los Angeles is such that kind of city. Yes, there's some shit. Yes, there's some danger. But you can go where you want to go. Dog, it's you can't. Like, that, that's can. what I'm saying. Dangerous area. Just don't do stupid shit. And like, look, you could get fucking shot in Studio City, for Christ's sake. You know what I mean? Beverly Hills. So it's like dangerous area. Anything could be dangerous. Just be a smart person. Be aware, but enjoy no, that sure. shit. Re sure. Represent. But Tommy's, I love the fucking story. 1946, 800 bucks was just a stand with fucking eight stools. And then it turned into fucking Tommy's, the legend. LA. I love it. Uh, yeah. So I love it. This one's a tough one. Yeah. Because I can't even say I really have, like, I don't yeah. know, but... Yeah. Just give me a spot that you love in LA for a burrito. Oh. I don't want to do tacos. I don't want to do pizza. Burrito. That, that's a curveball right there. Okay. Where do I go? All right. This is kind of fucking crazy. Listen, I want to say first, this ain't my favorite burrito, but this is interesting. I got to note it because another LA place. Sharky's, by the way, has this crazy weird, it's called a salmon light burrito. I know. I know it's fucking weird. Has seaweed in it, has salmon in it. It's so fucking different. Might not even qualify as like a true burrito, but it's dope. So make sure you check that shit out. I fucking love it. I'm just, gonna smack you right now, bro. I'm just saying because I know, it's I'm healthy, just joking. Healthy, no, it is. It is. It is. Right. We we now, made a lot of favorite shows. fucking burrito, dude. I gotta give a shout out first to my wife's family's restaurant. It's called Tio's. They're mostly in the IE, but they fucking pack in the carne asada. Check out Tio's Mexican if you're ever out there. Rancho Cucamonga, East Vale, Riverside. They got six of them. Fucking dope. Okay. Favorite burrito right here, man. You know, I'm gonna go with Cactus Taqueria. There's four of them. The California burrito. Which uh, one? The one on, on, on Vine? I, I go to this one. No, I'll go to this one right here on, uh, what is it? Woodman and Moore Park. Park. Yeah. And again, that's just convenience. But there's four cactus. But the thing is, man, you could get half carnitas, half carne asada with the fries inside. I didn't know you can mix carnitas yeah, and carne asada. That's fucking So funny thing is Bosch dope. covers Bosch covers the Hollywood one on Vine yeah. in Santa Monica. Yeah. They cover they have cactus in the episode. Yeah. You know, and cactus has been around forever. It's legit. Ooh. And let me say something again. These questions are tough because there are a thousand. No, there's a million. And and here's the thing: 
especially in LA, and I always love this. There's there's this online publication. It's kind of like street journal. It is street journalism. LA Taco. Follow them, by the way. They're fucking dope. They cover serious shit, but they also cover food. And they have this thing called Taco Madness every year where it's an NCAA tournament type. 64 tacos going head to head, single elimination. People vote on them. But my point is, how many cities have 64 of any type of food that could all qualify for the tournament? What I mean is you could go to any one of those no, for and sure. get dope ass tacos or burritos. For sure. And it also depends on the day. Some places you go, you're like, yo, you bring your boys. You're like, this is the dopest spot, dopest spot. And then for whatever reason, the carne asada is like tough that day or something. So it depends on the day you go. Hold but on. Like, I, I, I don't want to fucking talk bad about my city. Yeah. Yeah. But anyone that says that Tito's Tacos is the best, I just disregard oh. everything they say. I just disregard can, everything can they I, say. Can I pile on that? Number one, Please. not just disregard, but this is a fucking place. I do, a, a lot of my early work especially was like focusing on restaurants and history rec restaurants like McDonald's. By the way, Dope Stat, you asked me earlier, one of the coolest things I found out, this isn't like super important, but it trips me out. Everybody's like, first McDonald's. A lot of people say Downey because that's the oldest one and it is dope. But, but most people are like, oh, San Bernardino, fucking start. I've seen the movie, like the founder, blah, 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 Route 66. No, first McDonald's was at the Monrovia Airport. It was an octagonal building called the Airdrome that used to sell orange juice. And oh, yeah, they also have burgers and fries. The son, the dad owned it. The sons moved that building to San Bernardino. Same fucking building opened up McDonald's Barbecue, which eight years later, they finally realized barbecue was too uh, expensive, labor intensive. Cut it out, focus on burgers and fries. That became McDonald's. But the uh, with with the McDonald's and the food. So I used to do all these food stories and getting deep on the history. And so uh, a lot of restaurants would reach out to me. Can you do our story? Blah, blah, blah. But some of them just like, it's an LA institution. I got to do it. I'm going to reach out because I got to make sure I get my facts right. Accuracy is everything. I want to know any insight that I can't find online. Tito's Tacos, I did a story on. And these motherfuckers were rude not helpful and you know my shit it's I watched always the I, I saw the it's episode. celebrate i celebrate everything yeah, if i'm doing an them, episode bro. i'm so and i'm like really you don't want a couple hundred thousand views of like the history of tito's tacos and how you became this institution with your shitty ass fucking crunchy shell tacos <laughs> like really like what the fuck so overrated yeah bro. that kind of fucking pissed me off so to end it and i want to go any further yeah there was a spot that my childhood because my auntie lived in monterey park there was a restaurant. It was a chain in SGV called El Loco. It was so fucking good. I don't think I'll ever remember having a burrito that tastes like that and made me feel like that. There's nostalgia everywhere. Wow. Um, do you have any hopes to collab with like a big LA staple like Lakers, uh, fucking In-N-Out, Dodgers? Listen, is, is, like, do you have anything that you my want? My fucking short-term dream is to throw out the first pitch at Dodger Stadium. Like that, that would be something that would be a huge, not just bucket list, but like life goal. I got to help you make that happen then. My dad almost got to throw out the first pitch one time and he didn't. Uh, rest in peace, Pops died in 2017. Shit, it's coming up like two weeks anniversary. But he, uh, you know, he was a huge Dodger fan and still to me, the love of the Dodgers. And I knew he would always love that. And he came so close one time, didn't do it. And honestly, I would love to. But my goal, goal to collaborate is the 2028 Olympics, which are in LA, is I want to be a voice of or have some part in welcoming the world to Los Angeles, to the history and culture of Los Angeles. That's the medium-term goal for LA in a minute. And I, I, I'm going to say something really funny, man. Um, you know, I got to throw out the first pitch, and it was crazy because 
it was a, a weird start time. It was like 6.30. You got to get there at 5. Yeah, twilight. And the fucked up part was even up till the first inning, I would say 65, 70% of the stands were empty. I ended up being a sold out game. But the problem was when I threw out the pitch, I heard about nine claps, right? Like it was like, if I threw out the pitch today, you know, it'd have been like different story, right? But like, it's crazy because my agent represents, you know, um, Jesus Christ, why don't you on a blank right now? My agent, well, Tiger Woods was my agency, um, fucking, you know, um, 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 oh my God, Peyton Manning, Jeter, all these huge people, right? But why the fuck am I drawing a fucking blank? Oh, Walker Bueller represents go. fucking Jock Peterson, boom. So the crazy part is when I lived, you know, um, well, people can figure it out when they want to Google it, but Kershaw was my neighbor, right? Yeah. And we have a daughter, similar age, wet boom. And then Justin Turner was on the block over. And then on the other block was Jock. Me and Jock became very close friends. He's been on the show. We kick it, talk shit, everything. Um, I'm not going to get into some of the things that happened. I feel bad because, you know, Dodgers, I felt damn weird. But when he was selling his house, I didn't know he was in Arizona at the time. And he told me to pick up something from the crib. I have, I have fucking all-star jerseys signed, everything. And Cody was looking for a house because he was living in, in whatever. He bought a crib out here now. But he was staying and renting the house from Jock. Huh. So I go and push the ring doorbell. And I'm like, yo, open up. Like, Who's this? And I was like, what the fuck is this? And he goes, Jock, stop fucking around. Open the door. But it didn't sound like him. And he goes, no, no, we're good. We don't need anything. And I was like, no, bro. Open the fucking door. So finally I get buzzed in. I open it. I get there. Belly fucking opens the door. I'm like, why are you fucking around, bro? He goes, I had to fuck with you. You just seem like a serious guy, man. You need to chill. He's a young dude. You know what yeah, I was like? Yeah. Fuck you. But it's funny because Cody yeah. Bellinger follows me and everything. And, and then when he got traded, I was so fucking heartbroken. That's the thing that sucks. Love you know what I mean? Cody, bro. I'm glad to see yeah. his fucking resurgence. Wish he was here, but love that dude. Big so time. so what is your end game for Ellie in a minute? Honestly, man, the truth is, I don't know what you know about Huel Hauser. And this is an honest confession. Very little. Honest confession. When I was a kid growing up, I didn't know shit about him. First time I heard his name was at UCLA. I was working with some dude on the staff when I was writing for the paper. And he was like, uh, I might get an internship with Huel Hauser. And I was like, who the fuck's Huel Hauser? He's like, you don't know California Gold? And I was like, nah, bro. It's on public access. Like KCET, PBS, shit like this. But dude had a show. Sorry, dude had like 14 different shows. Some were about California, some were about Los Angeles, Palm Springs, California. But all he did was him and one camera guy would go and do, you know, not to put myself in that category, but basically LA in a minutes, but like for 30 minutes on whatever it is, palm trees, the LA river in and out. And you now in retrospect, he gets so much love from Los Angeles and California because he was doing what I did way before I did. And he was all earnest and clumsy, but like kind of charming. And look, if you watch now, some of them are a little boring. You know what I mean? Like it's it's 30 minutes and a lot of interviews, but it was so authentic and so legit. And there is kind of a kindred connection because you could just tell that genuine curiosity and passion. And honestly, the end game for me is to have a show where I'm going around doing LA and bringing to a bigger audience. Now, hopefully it's bigger than public access. Although dude made some good money, ended up dying with like four or five houses. So he did all right for himself. But I'd love to have, whether it's a streaming show, network show, whatever, where I'm going around doing what LA in a minute is, but on a larger scale to a bigger audience on TV. It's fucking awesome. I think you should. 
It's amazing. Hook so, it up. So, so you have your podcast. Um, and uh, can you tell people what the name of the podcast is? In a minute with Evan Lovett. Great fucking podcast. Extended versions of LA in a minute. We get into some more controversial topics on that than I do in the regular LA in a minute. Um, but yeah, also always has one thing to do this week in LA, but we get into some ser more serious issues and larger depth of what we do on LA in a minute. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find it, right? Everywhere. Yes. Odyssey right now does the distribution. Odyssey, by the way, owns K-Earth, KNX, K-Rock. So thank you, Odyssey, for doing the distribution, all of that. No, you can find it on, on every platform. Odyssey even does fucking uh, Stephen A. Smith show. It's amazing. There you go. Um, so where can they find all your socials? Is it LA in a minute, right? At LA in a minute. Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, even go to Facebook, Twitter, threads. Um, LA in a minute. I'm there. You'll find me. Okay, bro. So when are you going to have the Wash Lord on your podcast, man? Fuck. Let's go. Let's do What are you doing later this week, bro? <laughs> let's go. <laughs> all right, man. So guys, that's Evan Love It from LA in a minute. It, we didn't even get to cover not even probably not even 6% of the shit that I really wanted to cover, but we're going to go way too over time. There are some things that, you know, uh, I definitely, he's going to probably be a reoccurring guest on here because it's something I really wanted to do. We didn't get to cover everything. Um, before we go, uh, I do want to, to next time you come on and, and whatever happens, happens. Um, I want to talk about this Harvard-Westlake situation at Ooh. Weddington. By the way, guys, save Weddington, please, is, is a whole thing. Look up that. I need you to tell me in depth about this goddamn sriracha shortage fucking scandal. Oh. And like, you know, because... Underwood Ranches. It, it, it's crazy. And, and um, that's not Monrovia. What the fuck is it again? Um, not Duarte. Uh, what's what's the city right over after uh, where the racetrack is? Where, Santa Anita? Where, no, where are they based again? Oh, uh, Irwindale. Irwindale. Irwindale Racetrack. Uh, I wanted to get into that. And one suggestion, because whether it's gold rush, oil money, blah, blah, whatever, I was always fascinated by the old school places where the gangsters used to hang. When I say gangsters, I'm talking about like oh. Humphrey Bogart, you know, fucking um, Howard Hughes, things like that. Yeah, yeah. Have you done anything on Chasen's? No. Oh, my God, That's bro. That's legit. I did Formosa Cafe where But fuck, like, but yeah. Chasen's, yeah. you gotta remember, this was a spot that was on Beverly and Delhini. It was legendary. Humphrey Bogart, fucking Howard wow. Hughes, everyone from fucking, you know, uh, Ava to Maryland to every single person in the world. I remember when the Brown Derby still existed yeah. a little bit. Um, Perinos, things like that. Bro, you gotta jump into some of these spots, man. I'll tell you this. I'm going to Musso and Frank's for my birthday, by the way. So oh, you amazing. can you could see that uh, uh the Musso and Frank's episode coming up, but Chasen's legendary. So legendary. Yeah. Evan, thank you so much for coming on, man. Dude, thank you for having me, Ben. It's fucking awesome. Can't wait to be back. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll be right back and pay some bills with some commercials, and uh, I'll see you in a minute. What's up, y'all? We are back. That was my man, Evan, from LA in a minute. He is really like, dude, is a, is a godsend. I just actually was looking at the Explore page and came across Pioneer Chicken. And I don't know if Pioneer Chicken was outside Cali or outside of LA, but Pioneer Chicken brought back some real nostalgia. Like if you was going to that one on Olympic Boulevard, right there at the intersection of San Vicente and Fairfax, shit. But uh, definitely check out um, Evan's podcast. It's LA in a Minute with Evan Lovett. And uh, his last episode, he did this famous alumni of LA high schools. And it's fucking good. It's really, 
really, really good. You know what else is really good? Power. Yes, 50 Cent series, Power. Force is back. Season two, Tommy is back. Yo, episode one was good. I wanted a little bit more out of it, but you know what? I know they're warming them up. You know what I'm saying? They're warming up the, the, the season. I thought season one was fucking excellent. I didn't know how I was going to feel about it. I remember I tried to get Tommy on the show, but guys, that's back. You know I'm watching that heavy. Me and my kids, they're like super. My son is super in, in horror movies right now and all the other shit. Um, we bought Meg 2 and watched that a couple more times, but we just kind of chilled, man. Really kept it light. Like, you know, like Kaya said, went to the Grove, went to Dave & Buster's, went to the mall, went to the park, went to the library and all that other shit. But um, it was a crazy topic right now with Burning Man, right? And if you guys don't know what Burning Man is, Burning Man is like a super rich, you know, festival. When I say rich, it's like, it's for the serious elite. Like this is where like Elon Musk and, and many billionaires party at. It's real exclusive. It's really hard to get into. And I've never cared to ever go, even with an RV, it's just not my thing. And these climate protesters blocked the entrance and it stopped traffic for fucking miles. And then they were on Indian reservation land. And I'm sorry, is it not Indian? Is, is, it, is it Native, Native American, indigenous people's land? And so um, I forgot what kind of police force they had but they didn't even want these motherfuckers out there. These stupid ass people. Look, I'm all for protesting. I'm all for this. But when you stop traffic on a bridge, when you stop traffic on a fucking one way, like, you know, only one lane, shit like that, you don't realize, like, oh, we got to get hurt. Shut the fuck up. Get hurt a different way. You'll fuck around and really mess somebody's life up and be like, oh, well, it's at the cost of this. No, you don't get it, though. Like, if someone needs to deliver a baby, someone needs someone's sick, you never know. It's just some fucking really inconsiderate bullshit. And you're like, what about on this side? Bitch, that ain't your decision. You're, you're making a conscious decision to do this shit. So anyways, it was crazy because there was this rumor that Ebola had been, you know, flying around Burning Man. And I just hate way fly on tiktok and twitter and all this bullshit and people just go ahead do shit without fact checking it's just lame man but chris rock was there my boy diplo was there and they got stuck they walked for i forgot it was five hours or five miles and then finally someone pick them up they're able to get out of there diplo don't give a fuck he's lived such a crazy life that's my dog and we'll get it in fact i gotta get diplo on the show and just talk about all the crazy shit that he's done is such a fucking interesting life and such a humble dude and by the way shout out to my dog wes aka diplo his mom just passed away and, and my condolences out to them. But um, sports-wise, ain't been a whole much. I ain't, there's obviously no golf this past weekend and um, there was no, uh, I'm not really into tennis. I don't give a fuck about this uh, Messi coming to play at LAFC. I don't give a fuck about that. What I did watch, and I don't watch college football, I had to watch this Colorado Buffaloes game versus the TCU because Dion shut a lot of motherfuckers up. And if y'all don't know, I've been a fan of Dion since he wore that number two at Florida State University. I had his rookie card, uh, you know, and he was just, just man, prime time was a different type of beast. And I fuck with Dion Sanders heavy. He, he's, man, dude is lit. He did shit on my Seahawks and say the 12th man, the 12th fan was stupid. So I was kind of mad about that. But, you know, it's a rival. It is what it is. But anyways, guys, um, you know, short intro, short outro. We still got it over an hour. I really want to thank Evan again. I wanted to keep it real nice for Labor Day. You know what I'm saying? I've totally forgot to mention Labor Day is a holiday. So, you know, the kids are off. And we're just going to relax today, man. So anyways, 
Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Again, if you're not subscribing, hit that subscribe button. Tell a friend to tell a friend. And guys, that's it. Got a guest on next week too. We'll start bringing Thursday episodes back and we got a lot coming. All right? All right, y'all. By the way, I'm going to get them golf things going with, with the subscribers and all that shit and all this other stuff. Just keep up. I'm going to start posting more on social. I'm telling you, I'm starting to feel myself again. All right? Watch out. All right, y'all. Peace.